Hello and welcome to another episode of our weekly revolutionary podcast. This is Pastor Tito Sotolongo, your podcast pastor, as well as pastor of tabernacleofgod.church, where my job is to help you find faith in Christ and to help you follow through with your life. And today I am finishing a message that I started last week regarding learning how to honor the Sabbath day, learning how to take a day off. And this has been a, a revolutionary thing for me and for my life to learn how to apply this long, the longest commandment out of the 10. And the only one that says remember, which is the one I tend to easily, me and the, the majority of us tend to forget the most, is learning the importance of taking a day off to rest. But the idea is this, the reason why we need a rhythm of rest once a week is so we can learn to develop the right mindset of rest every single day of the week. So to, last week we talked about why you should Sabbath. Today I'm going to focus on how. You know, last week I, I, I said and spoke that I wanted to share a message that I've been dying to say for over a year now, and I really kind of felt God saying, hold off, buddy, hold off. Leave that one there. L leave it in the holster. Not yet, not yet. And uh, now was the time. And so we were today we're going to do part two of a series that really we're going to end next week. But today was part two of, uh, of something that I started last week, and it's talking about how to find the right kind of rhythm so you can find rest for your soul. And for you to find rest for your soul, so we need to learn how to find the right kind of rhythm of rest. Last week, we talked about why we should do this. Today, we're going to talk about how. And just to kind of, uh, not only a recap, but as a transition, I want to... I'm going to share this with you. I want to show you this. All right. For those of you, if you're watching on the podcast later on, you're hearing the replay, you're not able to, you're not seeing what I'm holding right now. From everybody else, I'm pretty sure you can kind of get the idea. This is an... Axe, all right? Look, I don't have to hear you, but let me just kind of, you know, humor me. What is this? Say it out loud. It's an, it's an axe, all right? Why am I bringing an axe today? Well, first off, this one's a little, just in case, look, I know some of y'all that know me, y'all probably nervous right now. Y'all need to chill, all right? But listen, first off, it's kind of dull. Now, I don't know about you guys, has anyone ever had to use, all right, anyone ever had to use a dull instrument that was supposed to be sharp, right? You ever had to use a dull axe, a dull chainsaw, right? A dull anything, maybe, uh, you know, clippers, all right? Look, for those of you that aren't, uh, like to do the fun stuff outside, I'm, I'm with you, I'm not that kind of a person, but still, if you, have you ever used a dull scissors to cut anything. Have you ever used a dull knife? I know I'm not the only fool, okay, who ever tried it, who tried to cut a steak with a plastic knife and it smashes in half right in the middle of it, right? Some, when it's dull, it means what? It doesn't work the way it's supposed to. If it's dull, you have to do, uh, there's a common sense thing here, which by the way, in the book of Ecclesiastes, let me read this to you right now. In the book of Ecclesiastes, in verse 10, chapter 10, uh, King Solomon actually says this, let me read it to you says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen its edge, then one must exert more strength. Duh, obviously, right? If obviously if something is dull, you got to put more effort and work to it. But then he continues and says, however, the advantage of wisdom is that it brings success. So he's not talking about gardening here. What he is saying is, listen, there's just things in life. All right? Wisdom actually gives us that edge, right? When you don't have wisdom, let's be honest, there's, uh, you know, there's all of us here, we've done it, I've done it, you've done it, where you've had to do more and it was harder to do something, to accomplish something. Why? It was harder to accomplish it because you didn't know what you were doing, right? And so that, that but when you have wisdom, when you have that understanding, it is easier. And in the same way that we would need to sharpen our tools, like a knife or scissors or an axe in this case, in the same way we want to 
sharpened it so it can be more effective and efficient, you and I need to be sharpened. Our minds, our emotions, our spirit, we need to be sharpened. And that's what this rhythm of rest is all about. It's how to get, how to reset the edge in our lives, in our spirit, in our mind, in all of these things. When we learn the right kind of rhythm of rest, God will reset our edge so we can be more effective and efficient in every single area of our lives. But it's also for another reason. See, God is the one who sets that edge for us. And when he resets us, he really, as we rest, we find rest for our souls. But this is even more important while I knew, man, this is an amazing thing that we had to speak this today. And it was planned today for months. We need rest because the world is in unrest. I mean, you can just, it just takes two minutes, not even two seconds to go on social media right now. And you see that the world in our community, our own city, there is unrest. There are people are tired, frustrated, angry, and they don't know what to do. And, and we, we do and then we don't, right? Because this is why it's so important for us, because there is a work that we need to do. There is a work that the church needs to do. But listen, if we don't have the right kind of rhythm of rest, we will be just a bunch of dull axes hacking away and doing more damage than good. And, and it, that's, not, that's, not, that's not being effective. And so let's talk about that, all right? So here we go. How do we find this kind of rhythm of rest? Well, first off, we got to go to God. And, and the first thing, here's, here's a, a question that I had people literally, as I finished the sermon last week, I'm like, all right, I'm sold, bro. I get it. I got to honor the Sabbath day. I, I get it. That was the whole point. How do I do that? How do I do that? That was a question that I got all week. That's what we're going to talk about today. So everyone kept on saying, well, what should I do? What should I do on my Sabbath day so God can give me that edge? Well, you got to start with this question, guys. What shouldn't you do? What shouldn't you do? And God answered that question for us. If you read in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 and 10, that's, the ten, that's one of the Ten Commandments. That's where we find the commandment of the Sabbath. So we'll, let's put it on the screen. I want you guys to read it, you know, read it right here. Tell me what God says what we shouldn't do, because this is where we need to start. All right, so Ecclesiastes chapter 20, verse 8 and 10. Here we go. It says this. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. For you are to labor for six days, do all of your work, but here it is, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do what? If you're, put it in the chat or put it in the comment section, say it out loud, whoever, right? What shouldn't you do? Work. You shouldn't do work, verse 10, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. By the way, this is what we talked about. The Sabbath is a gift you give God. It's time that you give God. This is his, not ours. Uh, you must not do any work, nor your sons, your daughters, your male, female, livestock, residents, all those. All right, so we get it, right? Here's the point. How do you Sabbath? Now, now I'm not just talking to church folk here. Hey, you church family, everybody, you watching online, especially. If, I, if you are watching me right now and you're a volunteer of this church, you're a leader in this church. We got a few of them sprinkled around right here inside, and you're watching me right now. I'm telling you, as a pastor, I expect this of all of you. So let's listen. Here we go. First off, what shouldn't you do on your Sabbath day? Number one, work. So that means that whatever your work entails, whatever the majority of your week is, don't do that for one 
day. So, for example, you're not checking your work emails on your Sabbath. You're not doing that. If you're on social media all week, maybe take a pause, right? Back off of social media for a day. There's so many things you should do. If you're a student, all right, I'm going to go for you. You don't got a job, all right? Let's say you are a student. Then you don't do homework that day. I know we're talking about the summer, so everyone's like off right now, but I'm just... Think about this for when school pops back up again. All right, let's say you're, uh, uh, you, know, you run your own business. Okay, well, you are not thinking or doing anything related to your work. You are separating yourself, disconnecting just for 24 hours. Let's say you are a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad. Okay, then what you shouldn't do, if you do a lot of cooking and cleaning and maintenance around the house, you don't do that for one day of the week. So whatever you normally do, whatever is your normal routine, you pause from that. So does that, is that self-explanatory, everybody? Easy enough? Self-explanatory. So you start there. So when you know what shouldn't you do, now we can, okay, there we go. That eliminates a lot of the questions that you may be thinking. There it is. So what should you do? Here we go. Ready? Four things. What you should do is you need to fill your tank. You need to learn to fill your tank. And there's four tanks that you and I have. In fact, the biggest commandment that God says, Jesus gave the the church one law to rule them all. And it was love others as I have loved you. That's it. We as, as believers in Christ, we got one law to follow. One law for the rest of our life. It's the law of love. Love others as I have loved you. Now there's another version of that that we see that Jesus says we are to, when we look at the commandments and we look at the law, he says we're supposed to love others, love the Lord with all of our four tanks, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors, He assuming with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength equally, Right? And so that's what we do. So we love others as Jesus loves us. As Jesus fills our four tanks, we take those four tanks to love others because that's how you love God. So how do you fill up those four tanks? Let's look at the first one. You got your physical tank. So number one, what should you do on your Sabbath? Fill your physical tank. So think about this. What's your physical tank mean? Guys, if whatever your normal job is, do the opposite physically. So if you have, if, if you're the person who sits on a, in your butt all day in a chair, right? You're in an office. You got that kind of a job. You are indoors, sitting down the majority of your work week. Well, then do the opposite. Well, whatever makes you feel good physically. Maybe it's going outside for a walk, right? Doing something like that. Maybe some of you have very physically demanding jobs. Well, do the opposite. Chill. If you're outdoors all the time doing a lot of that stuff, well, then take one day, be inside maybe. Try something different. Relax. Take a nap, okay? By the way, some of y'all, it's been years, maybe decades since you took a nap. You owe yourself one. By the way, do you know that Jesus took naps, okay? I, I got receipts. Ready? Here it is. Mark chapter, I got it here. Here it is Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus took a nap. We're supposed to follow Jesus. We're supposed to be like Jesus. Jesus took naps. You're allowed to take a nap. All right, there it is. It's okay to take a nap. Sometimes we need to take a nap. My favorite story is actually in 1 Kings 19. This is insane. I love the Bible. I mean, it's, it's, I love God's word. 1 Kings 19, Elijah is so stressed out. He's, I mean, done. Hit a wall. You know what God tells him? I'm not making this up. First Kings 19. He tells Elijah, bro, have, I added the bro. Uh, he goes, have a piece of cake and take a nap, Elijah. Just relax. Have a piece of cake and take a nap. He told him, have a cheat meal and just, just crash. That's what I need you to do right now. That's okay. That was God, man. God's good. I love, I love that verse. Sometimes it's okay to do that, to take a nap. Sometimes we feel guilty that, no, man, I got to be on that grind. I got to be this. No, because you will end up grinding yourself into powder, into dust. No, take a nap. Relax. Whatever fills you physically, and everyone's different, guys. So I I can't go, I'm not going to go long here because you know you. 
You know what fills you physically. For me, what Saturdays, in this case, well, I'll tell you what my Sabbath is. I'll tell you my routine. But Sabbath, here's how I fill my physical tank. I uh, sleep in. I give myself permission on my Sabbath to sleep in as much as I can because I try to wake up early every single day. So Sabbath is the day I sleep in. That's why I give my permission to do that. And I like to work out. So for some of you, exercising is fills your tank. I know you're like, dude, I'm just sorry. I'm weird. But for me, when I get a good workout in, I just feel awesome. My tank gets full. I like that. Some of you, it's different. It could be taking a nap. It could be doing different things, right? Whatever it is, think about, you know you better than anybody. You know certain physical things that that recharge your body and allow your body to rest and reset. That's the first one. All right, what about another tank? Here we go. Your mental tank. This one's a huge one. You need to do and ask yourself, how can I fill my mental tank. First off, I already told you what not to do. Don't think about work. Don't think about, oh, the laundry I got to do that I didn't get done. Or don't think about all the other things in the house, your to-do list. You don't think about those things. Give your mind a break. Pause. Give your mind a break. Don't think about those things. Instead, be purposeful about resetting your mind. What are things that, that literally fill your mind to give your mind a break? All right, uh, everybody's different on this. For some of you, maybe it's reading a book, right? That, that's a good one. Right? For uh, me, I like to watch a movie, all right? I like to watch movies sometimes on my Sabbath because that's a very, that's a mental chill thing to do. I like that. It kind of calms me down. So what I do is I don't think about anything church-related because that's my job. So I don't, I'm not thinking about meetings or my sermons or what I got to do. I take a mental pause from all of those things. You guys need to do a mental pause. I really believe this is a big part of the mental health issues that we have. Not all of them. Okay. There, I know there's chemical imbalances and different things like that, but listen, I know, I believe it, that a lot of the issues that we're having mentally is the fact that everyone doesn't know how to be bored. Everyone doesn't, their mind is constantly on the go and your mind is dull because you're not allowing your mind to be reset. You're thinking about a thousand things, but you know what God says to think about things that are above. Think about things that fill you. So we need that mental break, that mental pause to fill our tank. All right, here's another one. Ready? We talked about physical. Uh, what was it? Mental. The last one, uh, third one, I'm sorry, emotional. Huge right here. Guys, you need to ask yourself, what fills your emotional tank? What fills your emotional tank? This is why I'm, I said a minute ago, maybe social media should be a thing that you pause from. Because if you can't be more than two seconds on a social media without getting triggered, emotionally, pause. Okay, you take a separation. Listen, the world can survive without another you know, Instagram story of yours. Okay, the world can survive 24 hours if you're not putting out the latest TikTok thing. The world will be okay if you don't post for, you're not missing out on much. I'm just being honest. Pause. You know, whatever triggers you like that, maybe take an emotional break. For me, I like to, you know, when I'm thinking of what fills me emotionally, is spending time with people that fill my emotional tank. My wife, for example, we spend extra time talking and hanging out because we're not doing other things, so we're actually taking that pause. Me hanging out with the kids, playing with kids, inviting friends over. Like, I want to be intentional on my Sabbath to be with people that fill my tank, not drain my tank. Yeah, I said that. I know, look, we all got them people. We all got them people who just suck the life out of you. So I try to, on one day, I want to be intentional, super intentional. Yo, I, I need to get my emotional tank filled. And so for you, it's, it could be different. I don't know what it is, but you got to think in this way and ask God to show you. Finally, this is the most important one right here, your spiritual tank. 
How can you, what fills your spiritual tank? The purpose of having a Sabbath is this is it right here. It's encountering and interacting with your God. So what fills your spiritual tank? You got to be intentional with this. First off, the, the, a lot of people take sa- Sundays as their Sabbath, and that's why they say, well, I go to church. On my, honoring the Sabbath means going to church. Has nothing to do with it, even though going to church can be a part of it. If this, if interacting with a live weekly service is something that fills your spiritual tank, there you go. That's something that you do. What fills your tank spiritually? But it's not just a one-hour thing. Put aside the whole 24 hours. What can you do that fills your spiritual tank that's what you need to do. So for me, I tend to listen to uh, more sermons. Like I listen to other pastors in particularly. And I'm listening for, again, I'm listening to pastors preach about things, not so I can do research for another sermon. I'm literally just saying, Lord, fill my cup. I'm, I'm reading a book right now by Craig Grishel talking talk about dangerous prayers. I'm reading that book, not so I can do a sermon on prayer, because I want to learn how to pray better, okay? You see what I'm saying? Things like that, what fills you spiritually? Let me, let me tell you one thing that I do that impacts all four. Ready? One thing that actually fills all four of my tanks at the same time. It's me and Alicia's favorite thing we do. We like to go in our backyard and sit in a chair, much like this one. I'm going to pull this one over. Hold on. Let me, get, let me bring this one over here for you. All right. You can see it. All right. This is a chair from my house, my zero gravity chair, one of my favorite chairs. All right. This right here, we will sit in a chair like this. Well, in fact, this chair. And we sit in our backyard, and all we do is... We talk. Whatever comes up, I don't know. And so we, we, I love that being outside. In, is, that, that fills my physical tank. Just resting in a chair that's comfortable outside in that environment. That fills my physical tank. We're, and then we're talking about, we're not talking about work. We're not talking about a bunch of other things. We'll, we'll dream and we'll talk about, man, what would be awesome? Maybe spiritual dreams or, or corny dreams, whatever. And we're just doing that. We're just thinking about, man, it would be cool if we did this. Or, man, what about that? That, that fills my mind mentally, emotionally. And then what we, we love to do when we sit in a chair, like this is we reflect on the week. We just pause and say, what has God shown us this week? What has God done in your life this week? What has God spoken to you, shown you? What prayers has he answered this week? This is, look, this was the game changer because so many of us are constantly on the go. We don't stop long enough to give God glory for what he did. And I honestly, I, there's a lot of, if we don't stop, if we don't learn this rhythm to pause, then we miss out. God does things all the time, but you won't notice it if you're constantly looking forward at what's next, what's next, what's next. Part of this idea of Sabbathing is learning to pause, just like God. God, after six days, he rested on the seventh. And what did God rest from? Working. What did he do? He enjoyed his creation. So sometimes it's just good while you're constantly on the go, 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 go to stop. Turn around and look at what has God done just in the last six days? I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a big part of that. What fills your spiritual tank? So that's for example, I just gave you one exercise me and Alicia do that actually fills all four of mine. So here's another question everybody keeps on asking me. All right, pastor, got it. Makes sense. Fill my four tanks. What day could I do it on? That's a big question. What day? Is there one day better than another? Nope. First off, Paul says it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Paul says, do not let people judge you on the day you choose to rest and to honor God. It doesn't matter. Look, we have church on Sundays because it's the day 
say, hey, Jesus rose from the grave on a Sunday. It's kind of a cool thing that we remember. Look, we don't, you know, God's not going to be mad if I shift from Sunday to Tuesday. He, he, he's not. So it doesn't matter. If, if you want to pick a Sabbath day, that's not a Sunday. It's a random, whatever works for you. Whatever works for your context of your family, that's what you do. Now, I'll just tell you what I do. My Sabbath is Friday from 5 o'clock at night. Friday night at 5 till Sunday, Saturday at 5, 24 hours. That's my Sabbath. Friday night at 5, Sunday, Saturday at 5. What don't I do? I don't do work. For example, this sermon, I had it done Friday morning. I could have preached this Friday night. So what I love to do is finish my sermon on Friday afternoon, and then from 5 o'clock on Friday till Saturday at 5, I'm not thinking about this. Not at all. I'm picking this up now after not, not touching it for 48 hours. Just letting it simmer and marinate in my heart and spirit. That's all it is. And so that's my Sabbath, but it doesn't have to be yours. So maybe, you know, whatever it is, whatever day works best, work it out for you. Oh, what happens if you can't Sabbath on the day that you normally Sabbath? That happens to me. It's okay. Me and Alicia find a different time, and we talk about it. I'm like, all right, babe, we can't, you know, we got something happening this Friday or Saturday. It's a big deal. It's out of the ordinary. So let's shift it to Sunday, or let's, let's do Monday instead. We're intentional, so it's okay. Now, if you don't, I recommend don't keep changing it, though, because now you, that's not a rhythm. You need a pattern. You need a rhythm. It's okay if something is offbeat for a second. We take a, a week off. Maybe we've got to change it, but we bring it back, locked back in on that day. You need a day like that. All right, well, what about, uh, what about doing good on the Sabbath? Jesus answered that. Mar- Matthew 12, 12, Jesus actually said, when it comes to the Sabbath, yeah, you're not supposed to do work, but it doesn't mean that you stop doing good. It doesn't mean that you stop being a good person. It doesn't mean that you can't help others. So, for example, volunteering is allowed on the Sabbath. It's okay because, first off, let's be honest. If you're volunteering, it's because it fills your tanks, right? Volunteering fills your tanks. We got people that work on Sundays. They come, they volunteer on a Sunday at church. That's not work. That's volunteering. You're doing good, even if it's your Sabbath, because it fills your tank. So that's allowed. You can volunteer on a Sabbath. No big deal. It's okay. You can coach your kids Little League. That's not work, hopefully. <clears throat> okay, with kids, it's, it's going to be work. I've been there. But anyways, right? Hopefully, if you're volunteering, it's filling your tank. That's the idea. What about emergencies? What about an emergency? Oh, you know what? Jesus got it covered too. Luke 14, verse 5. Jesus says, if you, if your son or an ox falls into a ditch on the Sabbath, you're going to pull it up, right? Of course you are. If your son or an ox falls into a ditch on the Sabbath day, you're not going to be like, oh, buddy, you had to fall in on a Saturday, didn't you? Yeah. What time is it? Seven o'clock? Okay, look, yo, here's a Pop-Tart hangout. Five, five hours, all right? When it's Sunday noon, I got you. I'll be right back, all right? Look, it's your fault. I, I told you not to do that, whatever. I told you not to play here. Listen, we're not supposed to be like that. It's okay if there's an emergency. By the way, look at the two things Jesus said, your son or an ox. Family emergencies or a work emergency, because the ox agricultural you know, community back then. So if you have a family emergency, uh-oh, the air conditioning is out. Oh, uh, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, it's my Sabbath. I can't do anything about it. I got to sweat for 24 hours. No, it's okay. You can fix it. If there's, you know, if, if something flooded or something broke, if there's a family emergency, your kid broke his leg, you had to do it on the Sabbath day, didn't you? Well, now, now you got to learn. Sit there, soak it up for the next eight hours until we, because no, I can't do anything. It's, no, family emergencies are okay. You can handle that. What about a work emergency? Let's say you have a Sabbath day. You took it off and then, bing, 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 
uh, hey, buddy, listen, uh, so-and-so got sick, so-and-so can't, can't, you know, cancel, they can't come in, I need you to pick up a shift right now. Oh, but it's my Sabbath day off. What? Okay, you know, they're, maybe they're not going to get it. So it's okay if there's a work emergency and you got to show up on a Sabbath. Let's say you're a business owner, you're a team leader, something is happening, something is going down. It's a Sabbath day. It's okay. You can handle that. Jesus said it's all right, but let me warn you. Oh, here we go. I'm going I'm to I'm come out swinging for some of y'all. Listen. If you constantly have an emergency every single week that is keeping you from Sabbathing, for example, if there is a constant work emergency and you are the only one that knows how to fix it, uh, you might be a bad manager. Just saying. You might be a bad manager. If there is a constant work emergency that you got to fix, you're probably a bad manager. If there's constantly something you need to do, something around the house that it has to get done today, can't take a day off, you might be a bad manager of your time. You might be a bad manager of your time. If you can't take a day off because you got something always to do, you're a bad manager of your time. All right? That's, that's the important part of it. That's the important. You got to ask yourself. You got to pause and say, all right, God, whew, you got to get your act together. And listen, I'm going to be honest. I was all of that. Oh, let me tell you the other one I did. If you are so busy that you can't take a day off, I'm sorry, you're doing too much. Someone needs to tell you that. In fact, I think people are already telling you that and uh, you don't, you're just blowing it off. I'm telling you again, God's telling you, you're doing too much. If you can't take a day off because you're, you're doing too much. Guys, I was all three of those. For me to learn how to Sabbath, I had to, I was doing too much. I had to pull back. I had to say no to a lot of different things so I could say yes to resting and yes to Jesus. Uh, I was a bad manager in certain cases, so I had to learn how to be able to do that and create the parameters so I wouldn't have to bail people out all the time. And then the other one was a bad manager of my time. Listen. Uh, this isn't a Bible, okay, but next to my Bible, this is the book that I hold the most. Some of y'all, if y'all know me, y'all know what this is. This is my calendar, all right? I live and die by this now because I want to guard my time with God. So I got yearly goals broken down into quarters, broken down into months, broken down into weeks, broken down into days, all right? Because I got to manage my time so that I can spend this time with God. You got to get your act together if you want to do this. So in the end, I, I, and you might still have some questions, which I try to give you the most general answers possible, but in the end, here we go. As long as you are honoring God and honoring your responsibilities, it's okay. It's okay. So, hey, pastor, can I go fishing on my Sabbath? Uh, yeah. If that fills you mentally, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, all that, yeah, you can go fishing on your Sabbath. But if you're going to be gone seven hours on a fishing trip and you have barely spent seven hours with your family and your kids all week, bro, okay? No. Then that's something that you shouldn't do. If you're honoring your responsibilities throughout the week, it's okay to take that moment. It's okay to take that time. And again, are you honoring God? Just because you are on the Sabbath doesn't mean you have the free license to sin on the Sabbath. So for me, if I'm going to watch a movie on the Sabbath, I can't watch something that's going to be like crazy glorifying, like, you know, horrible things or, or something that's going to sear my conscience. I can't do that. And so again, that's not filling my spiritual tank. That's corrupting my tank. So you got to ask yourself, Am I honoring God with what I'm doing? Am I honoring my responsibilities? That's what matters. So ladies, if you want to have a, uh, you know, a ladies night out, you want to do that, awesome. But if, but if you haven't taken the time to be a mom or, or a wife, but you want to have your ladies time, get your priorities together. Get your act together, all right? I'm just saying, fellas, ladies, everybody, that's a key. That's it's so important. And here's, here's where I'm kind of getting to. Because if you can learn to set a day aside, you're going to be rested, all right? You can stop listening to me right now. If you're watching on Facebook, you're like, all right, I got one I needed. <whistles> Scrolling up. Listen, you can stop listening to me right now and, and apply this once a day to your life. 
and you're gonna feel rested. But listen, that's not the point of the series. It's about how to find rest for your soul. And the thing is, is that this setting one day aside, setting one day aside to enjoy the day, to enjoy yourself, it's, it's not about enjoying yourself. It's about learning how to enjoy God. That is the game changer. If this is a rhythm of pausing from your work so that you can enjoy your family, yes. Count your blessings, yes. But so you can enjoy your God. So he then does, he's the only one that can sharpen you and reset that edge on you. But it's him. And that's why Jesus, Jesus actually does and repeats the invitation of the Sabbath. In Mark, uh, Matthew, I'm going to read it to you guys. In Matthew 11. I'm going to read it to you. I don't, have the, I don't have it up on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. Jesus extended the whole point of the Sabbath was not so you can take a day off and chill and relax. It was so you can find rest for your soul in a relationship with God. And let me tell you, look, look what Jesus, he repeats the heart of the invitation of the Sabbath with this right here. Verse 11, chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. He says this, come to me all who are weary, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up your yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find, here it is, rest for your soul. Only in Jesus can we find rest for our soul. And did you hear what he said? Come to me all who? Who you're tired, you're burned out, you're exhausted, life has become dull, you're frustrated, you're angry, whatever else, come to me, Jesus says. And you're not just going to find rest, you're going to find rest for your soul. Here's the thing, guys. When we go to Jesus, that's an act of faith. And when you, you enter into this rest, when you learn to trust in Jesus, it's like a gift card. I know you've all gotten gift cards for your birthday. Some of y'all graduation, you got gift cards for your graduation and stuff. How does a gift card work? You have to access the money in the gift card. What do you got to do? You got to activate the gift card, don't you? You got to activate the gift card in order to access the money, the funds that are in that gift card. That's what the Sabbath is about. It's learning how to access this rest for your soul. But how do you access rest for your soul? Activating it by faith activating it through faith and trust in Christ. When you activate your faith and you put your trust in Jesus, you find you get access to this rest for your soul. And then you know what you get? When you find that rest, God begins to reset that edge mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all those things in your life. And what is that for? God resets that edge so that you can have an edge, not an edge over another Christian, not an edge over anybody else, not an edge on the competition. Listen, God resets that edge so you can have an edge over your enemy, over the forces of darkness in this world. Listen, there's a lot of people who can't battle the enemy with the lies because their mind is dull or their bodies are so tired they don't want to, they, they can't, they don't have the energy their spirit is so depleted they don't have the force to fight back listen when you're exhausted that the enemy wants us tired frustrated and worn out because you know why then you don't you ain't gonna want to fight back you're not even gonna want to change now he got you but when you rest in christ he gives you that edge over your enemy and listen this is the whole point of it all when you learn to establish the right rhythm of rest when you learn to establish the right rhythm of rest setting one day aside to to rest, you know what you end up developing? A mindset of rest that lasts every single day of the week. And then I'm gonna bring it back to this chair here. This is what it looks like. Listen, when I know when maybe there's different postures for worship that we consider, right? There's raised hands, there's prayer postures, there's on our knees, there's standing. Let me introduce to you a new posture 
of worship. Paul says in Ephesians that we are seated right now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. No matter if you're standing or where you're at, if you're a believer in Christ, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But I don't think we're seated. I don't think it looks like this. I think it looks like this. That's what it looks like. This is, this, is a, this is a posture of worship that I want to introduce to some of your lives right now. This is what it means to put your trust in Jesus. When you put your rest on, listen, you are putting your rest on the finished work of Christ. The whole point of the Sabbath is to know, there's, yes, you're supposed to pause temporarily from your work just to, why? So you, because there was a point, there's going to be a time that we can rest, pause permanently from our work and what work? Dead works. That you and I do not have to work. You know what kind of peace you find when you don't have to work to earn God's blessings, when you know you don't got to work to earn his favor, when you know you don't have to work to earn his love. You know what, how peaceful and restful that is that you know you can take that load off and you can take the load off and say, and you rest in God right now. And as in this position, he resets you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So in this place, when the enemy comes against you and you are dealing with temptation, you know that no, in my God, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I know that he gives me the ability to overcome. He, he, I might be tempted, but he's providing a way out. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper because I know this is all on God. God is holding me up. I know that God will provide for all of my needs according to his, the riches in Christ Jesus. That I don't know the plans. I don't know God's plans for my life, but I know that he, I trust that he has plans for my life. And they're good. And they're for a future. I can rest. I can relax. I know that my God is setting a table before me right now in the presence of my enemies and they can bark all they want. I'm sitting back chilling because I know God is holding me up. I know that God is, I don't have to worry about anything. I can go to God when I am tired, when I'm frustrated and he will hold me up. He will give me rest for my soul. I know that right now that all things, I trust in the promises and the finished work of Christ that all things will work together. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how we're going to fix this, but I, I know that God in Christ all things work together for good who those who love him or who are called for his purposes and I know that I can go to my God for anything that, that is bothering me weighing me down I can go to him in prayer in petition and just give my heart to him and I know that the perfect peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus this is what God wants you to do is to rest in him knowing that man, I got it. I got it. This is what the invitation of the Sabbath is all about. It's to receive, it's to allow God to say, God, I don't want to do your job for you. God, you do what only you can do. And I rest in you. The next time you are tired, weary, burdened, which listen, it's going to happen, okay? It's going to happen. I want to encourage you. You don't have to wait. All right. You don't have to wait till your Sabbath day to feel rested. See, we can come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to find rest for our soul any time of week, any time of day. And to be able to establish that rhythm of rest is to remember those things. Remember, when we are tired, we know we can go to him. When we know we can't and when we're frustrated, we know we can go to him. 
And so, guys, I want to challenge you right now. If you are not incorporating and honoring the Sabbath day, remember, this is not about following another rule. It's about learning how to really live your life and enjoy your life. You need this rhythm in your life if you want to enjoy it. So I want to challenge you. All right, challenge you, pray, figure out how, when can I take my day off? What shouldn't I do? What should I do or what could I do? All right, because only in Christ, only he can reset your edge. Only he can give you that rest so you can have an edge over the enemy. And I want to challenge you, all right, do that. This is a revolutionary thing that will transform your life because you are inviting God to be God. That's what this whole Sabbath is about. It's learning how to pause from work temporarily in one instance so you can learn to pause from certain works permanently and trusting in God to be God. This is an amazing invitation. I do not want you to miss out. So next week, I'm going to wrap up this series on rhythms, on how to find rest for your soul, because, hey, when you're not resting, there's a level of work that we need to do. And I'm going to talk about one thing that we're going to do next week. So until then, be a revolutionary. Revolve your life around Christ. Just keep on putting him at the center more and more, and you're going to see how he will transform both your life and the world. We'll see you next week.